You're listening to NCG Top 100s, a National Club Golfer podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to the NCG Top 100s podcast. In each episode, we try to take you into a virtual clubhouse and get the inside stories about the courses that feature in the ranking lists you can peruse on our website at nationalclubgolfer.com. This year, we are reinvigorating our list of England's best courses and talking to those clubs both riding high in those lists and looking to get involved. Today, we are visiting one of the nation's crown jewels, a club that's been touched by Harry Colt, James Braid and Alistair McKenzie and has held a Ryder, Curtis and Walker Cup, a feat only Muirfield, Royal Birkdale and Royal Lytham can match. That is the company with which this course effortlessly keeps. It's been home to Open champions Harry Varden and Ted Ray and was the scene of one of the greatest rounds in amateur championship history when Sir Michael Bananak went round in just 61 strokes and sent his opponent to lunch 11 down. From Willie Park Jr. and Babe Zacharias to Nick Faldo, Jose Maria Olathabal and Rory McIlroy, countless players who have made their mark on the game have negotiated the unique challenge that is Ganton. I'm delighted to be joined today to discuss this Yorkshire treasure in detail by the club's general manager, Gary Pace. Welcome, Gary. Steve, thank you. Uh, welcome to uh, Ganton. Can you explain to me, Gary, just how it feels to come down that drive every morning and work at the place where so many legends in the game have been made? It's interesting. It's a feeling that doesn't wear off. Uh, I'm three years in now here as as, uh, as the manager and uh, every time you turn off the A64 and you, you drive down Station Road heading to the golf club and you, you have the white posts on either side of the road and, and it just kind of gets you and you feel a, a sense of uh, it being a special place. But I think also you feel a sense of relaxation as soon as you turn off that road. Uh, so so uh, I, I can guess, you know, I felt that the first time I turned here and three years later, you feel that every morning when you turn to work. Yeah. How did you come to be at Ganton then? Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, I've, I've worked in, in golf for a lot of years. I'm probably getting towards 30 years. Uh, uh, from doing a, a degree in a, a leisure and recreation and sports management to, with, a, with a goal to actually working in the golf environment and worked at many different venues, whether it's a, a resort type venue for Marriott or a, uh, even a, um, a pay and play course like Leeds City Council courses uh, to, to running some lovely courses down in, in Sussex like Cottesmore. Uh, to spending a lot of my time before I came to Ganton. I spent many years at uh, Fulford Golf Club in York. Uh, and then, uh, as I said earlier, I've, I've been here for three years now at Ganton, and that just seemed like a natural progression to 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 come to a club like this. Yeah, I said in the intro that, that not many courses have had a Ryder, Walker and Curtis Cup treble. I mean, how, how close were you as a club to getting the impregnable quadrilateral if I can call it of that of the Solheim as well well it would have been absolutely fantastic it's before my time but I believe that uh, it, they were in quite deep discussions about taking the the Solheim uh, but I, I, I don't know the ins and outs but I believe that uh, 
a last-minute super bid from Glen Eagles uh, took it away and it went to Glen Eagles and they did a fantastic job with the Solheim, obviously. Uh, and, and that event now is such a large commercial event. Uh, I, 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 I'd, I'd love to think that the quadrilateral might be achievable, but I think that event now is such a, a big, large commercial event. It, it might be beyond a, a, a smaller traditional golf club now. Remarkable, though, when we talked earlier about the company um that that rider curtis and walker cup trio just just three other courses can do it really really just shows doesn't it the renown um that the club has not just um in its locality but around the world really yeah yeah i think we we, we we've been very luckily and we have a very nice relationship with the rna uh, they obviously um uh, enjoy coming here and are confident that we can give them a course that they want for their championships because we, we've not only done the Curtis and the Walker Cup for them but also lots of amateur championships and and uh, international matches and home internationals uh, and 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 so I guess it's where they feel comfortable in coming and and they know they're going to get a good course and a good challenge when they come here. So for anyone who hasn't had the pleasure of um, travelling up to near the edge of the Yorkshire coast, can you describe Ganton as a golf course for those people, Gary? Yeah, it's interesting. It's, de it's described as an inland links course. Uh, I can't think of another one that's described that way, but uh, um, it, we are, back in the day, this was a, a kind of an inlet for the North Sea, and, and you can tell it's a very sandy base, sandy area. Uh, and it, it was a perfect sort of location for a golf course, to be honest. And because of the nature of the sand and, and, and the layout of, and, and the, the ground conditions, it, it really has those characteristics of a Lynx course that you would obviously find on the coastline. Um, if, if you uh, were to drop yourself in the middle of the course, you would think you were on the coastline itself. I mean, the course is revetted bunkers, very deep. There's lots of gorse. It's a firm, bouncy golf course, uh, and it's one that you would, like I say, expect to find on the coastline in Scotland. Can you describe some of your favourite holes from from having played it, obviously, a few times? Hopefully you've had that opportunity. I mean, there are some all-world holes, aren't there, at this golf course? Yeah, I, I think the finish here at Ganton is just incredible. It's just a, a really good, challenging finish. Uh, from 14, which is only a short par four, but so well guarded and, 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 and a, a, a tricky hole, to, to the 15th, which from the from the back tees is just a, a a crushing par four, a really tough par four. Uh, 16th, another long 440 yard par four, which is a great driving hole over the biggest bunker I think I've ever seen anywhere. Uh, and then we move to 17 and 18, which is such a strong finish. The 17th now is a par three. Uh, and it's for the back tees it's about 240 yards uh, and it's just a, a you know I played last week and it was a, a driver for all you know we're all decent players who played and we all had to hit a driver off the tee on a par three it's a great strong par three 18th is all about the position of your drive in, into a green complex that I think is can make you look silly you know the green on the 18th is fantastic so so as a finishing four or five holes it, it, I wouldn't like to be in the medal needing three or four pars on the last few to to play to a handicap yeah keep you at your metal all the time on it do you think one of the the secrets of Ganton's success is there's a lot of variety 
in that 18, isn't it? You know, some courses can be pinholed as long par fours, but there's there's plenty to go at at Ganton, isn't there? You know, there's short fours, there's interesting par threes, there's really long par fours, difficult par fours. There's a bit of a break in the course as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the par fives aren't particularly strong here. So the par fives give you an opportunity to score. Um, and and uh, the par threes are, are pretty strong. Uh, but you, you, you're exactly right. There is some, you know, the, the third hole, the 14th hole, short par fours, the better players, you know, will have a chance of going for the green, to be honest, on the par fours. So it does give you that, you know, a, a real difference as you go around. And I think that's what people enjoy, actually. Yeah, we haven't even talked yet, have we, about holes like the fourth, which is just an epic um, par four with a really cool green complex. And we'll get on to the sixth um, a little bit later on. But again, you know, a a brutal par four now. Yeah, yeah, we we used to play that as a a par five. If I'm honest, it probably was a a four and a half. Um, When I played it on Friday, I felt it was a five because it was into the breeze. It's a tough par four, but it's it's a challenging par four. The par seventy one here is is a good, you know, it's a strong par seventy one, and uh, the the sixth hole, you know, is four hundred and sixty yards. It's a good hole. you have to travel a bit to Ganton in Yorkshire because obviously you're a lot closer to the, co- the coast than some of the heartlands, but you can put a really great Yorkshire trip together pretty easily, I think. So if you were doing that, if you were suggesting, you know, a Yorkshire trip to maybe people coming from the south or people who just haven't been to the region before, what would be on that list? Well, there's, there's, there's a fantastic trip to Yorkshire, full stop. There's, there's so many golf courses in Yorkshire. But uh, what we tend to find is that people who, who visit Ganton We'll, we'll usually uh, add in uh, uh, Fulford in York and Moortown and Old Woodley and, and Lindrick as well. And so there's a mixture of those sort of five courses is, is the usual tour for, for people who, I think it's people who are golfers. Uh, I, I would suggest that those courses are for new golfers because they're all quite difficult courses and, and uh, will be challenging. So I think people who know golf and who, who like the golf, and we get trips, you know, coming from abroad, we get people from all around the world who are basically coming to Ganton as a, as a bucket list course and, a, and a, to tick off one of the top 100 courses in the world. And and, and so these people, that they'll call at Ganton, they'll stay with us and they'll play Old Woodley, Moortown, Fulford, Lindrick and there's some Ryder Cup courses and some great historic venues there included in those. Yeah, would would you is that the way to do it to to go to Ganton first, stay in the dormy accommodation there, and then branch out further afield? Yeah, I think I think a lot of our guests do that. Uh, there's some often now we have the dormy house, they'll play a couple of times with us often, uh, but but uh, more often than not, if they wanted to play a number of courses. The, the great location to stay and it is York obviously it's a historic city and uh, people enjoy it. it's a great venue for food and drink so uh, a great sort of central location for people to base themselves in a trip to Yorkshire. Yeah very lucky to live there I think. Um, you have a new course manager at the moment in um, Simon Oliver who's come from Whitley Bay and there's a lot going on at the golf club at the moment. There's a project underway to remove some gorse and some general undergrowth from the course. Can you just give us a sense, Gary, of how that process began, why you decided to do it and where you're up to with it at the moment? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So so 
we, we want to do, uh, uh, we don't want to change the course. The course here we think is fantastic. The layout won't change, but uh, the, the, there's a little bit of a, a restoration project uh, that we are looking at and we have plans to do. And we have a master plan that's been done by uh, Martin Ebert, who, who, who seems to be one of the leading course architects at the moment and has worked very closely with me at Fulford, actually, uh, and, and, and for the last year or so here at Ganton as well. It's produced a, a master plan report for us and, and there's some um, uh, restoration work as in returning the course back into the original concept, which was more sandy waste areas. Uh, the gorse here will there'll always be gorse at Ganton and it's part of Ganton, but the gorse, if I'm perfectly honest, I, I felt and others as well felt as though it had just got a little bit too penal. Uh, there were holes where the gorse actually um, it went from fairway and green to gorse. There was no sort of rough in between, and it was a little bit unfair on occasion. So we, we stripped back some of the gorse. Um, we've opened up some great views. Uh, we've taken some of the sort of uh, the saplings and trees out that, that shouldn't be on the course at all. And and um, we are opening those waste sand areas. We've done one project already on 17 and 18, which is called the, the Pandy. Uh, and it's a huge sand waste area that you play over on both holes and it's uh, um, it, it's gone down very very well and it's and it's returned it to how it was originally uh, designed and there's lots of other opportunities to do that around the course and it's the intention over the next two three years to, to really make that a feature of Canton. Yeah there's a, a famous picture of Harry Roundtree's in Bernard Darwin's book isn't it the golf courses of the British Isles which show that Pandiera at, at 17 and 18 and how it was and, and it, it really does look a lot like that again now doesn't it? Yes well we actually have that painting in the clubhouse uh, uh, the Harry Roundtree painting uh, and yes it does and, and we've tried to replicate it uh, and, and I think we've done a very good job of replicating what was there originally and and the ninth hole is the next project and uh, there's, there's, there's a gorse that takes you all down the left hand side of the par five and, and the idea is that we will strip that gorse out and open up a whole sand waste area all down the left hand side of the hole which which then comes into the fairway a little as well and it'll just present a uh, aesthetically it'll look superb and it'll just present a slightly different challenge than, than other holes you know and, and, and looking forward to that yeah i think uh, one of the other really striking areas with the work is at the back of the 16th green um where it's just a completely different vista now isn't it i mean it was that area was completely covered um, before behind the green but now you can see the players on the 17th tee you get a great view don't you looking back to the clubhouse yeah that that was an area that was surrounded by gorse the gorse you know on, on occasion overhung the green there you know it was that close to the green so uh, it it definitely uh, grown and, and and taken over so uh, we were at a stage if I'm perfectly honest where uh, the gorse needed stripping back. It was probably a little bit too leggy and, and old just to trim. So we, we had to be fairly brutal on, on some areas. Um, we've taken the gorse out there. We have reintroduced and planted some more gorse around those areas, but we'll just manage it a lot better so that uh, it doesn't overtake the uh, kind of uh, and, and overshadow other great views that we have around the golf course. Yeah, obviously you've worked with Martin Ebert before at Fulford, so you're very familiar with him. And what what's he like to work with, and and what is his attitude then when he comes to 
a course like Ganton because it's a place that could intimidate some, isn't it, who are looking to make changes. You know, a place with that much history that's been touched by so many great architects in the past. Yeah, Martin's excellent. He 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 understands that uh, and and appreciates that there's no drastic change needed at Ganton. He he he. Uh, has, has done that project where he's looked back over many, many years with photography to see the type of bunkers that we have, to see the type of waste sand areas that we had. And and his view, I think, is really just to kind of reintroduce those in a way in which the modern golfer can play that golf course. And and um, he, he doesn't want to make wholesale changes um, and, uh, and the club don't want to make wholesale changes. It's just a matter of... Um, in effect, we're just custodians of what is a fantastic piece of land and a fantastic golf club. And, and it's, it's our duty as, as a Greens committee, as the manager, as the course manager, to, to, to make sure that we present that course to the best of its ability and hand it over to the next generation in, in a better condition and a better presentation than we received it. And that's the plan. Did he spring any surprises in his um, historical master plan of how things looked in the past? Was there anything that you and the members learned? Because, I mean, you're a club that prides yourself on the history. I mean, there's um, memorabilia, the great scorecards, the, the the great teams that have been here, the great players that have been here. But when he did his research, was there anything that, that, that you guys at Ganton thought, wow, you know, I, I didn't realise that? Yeah, there the, the was, yeah. I think mainly around bunkering and, and sand waste areas. Um, th th there was some of the bunkering on the ninth. Uh, I I've never seen bunkering uh, like it before, actually. I can't even describe it. Uh, um, uh, it it's bunkering that I've never seen at any historical bunkering at any golf course like it. Uh, and uh, I, I think it would probably be unfair to recreate that type of bunkering. Uh, however, we can put those bunkers in similar places. Um, and uh, uh, there was a bunker on six, as an example, which we have nicknamed Snake Bunker, which was just a, a, a long winding snake bunker, uh, which looks as though it was probably only two metres wide. Um, so there's some strange, quirky type uh, bunkering around the course, which, like I say, is probably not appropriate to replicate exactly, but we can uh, put those features in the similar places. Well... I, I think I'll look forward to to seeing those in due course. It would be definitely interesting to see what um, what Martin does with the ninth. Let's have a little chat about the sixth and the seventeenth, um, because they were. I mean, I, th I think the sixth historically was was a par five, and the seventeenth was like a three or a four, wasn't it? Depending depending where you were. You've now made the decision, if I'm right, to make the sixth a par four and yeah. to make the 17th a par three. I mean, why do you think you've made that change and why are their pars what they are? Well, well I think technology obviously has a, an impact on, on that. Um, the, 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 the sixth was a, 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 a weak par five and a strong par four, uh, basically, and, and we think it plays better as a par four now. Um, the, the, there's T options for people to play further forward if they need to or if they feel the, the, they don't have the, the the length to play it as a as a, as a par four um, but we honestly believe that with the advancing technology and the way the distance people hit balls now that it plays better as a par four the, the 17th um, 
that is going to be a challenging par three there's no doubt about it but just to take any confusion about whether it is a par three or a par four away we've just made it into a par three permanently we do plan actually of of, of uh, putting an extra tee a little bit further forward because um you know with respect to some of our older members and, and uh, it, it, it is a challenging par three that some people find difficult to reach and there is quite a bit of a carry on 17 as well so the intention is just to put a, a yellow tee a little bit further forward to give everyone the opportunity to play the hole properly it's, it's a much more heroic shot isn't it for um for a player now as a par three i mean i used to play as a four and you know i'd be very very disappointed if i didn't come up with a off with a four because if i didn't decide to go for the green i always just felt you know it was a mid-iron chip on whereas now it's a much more heroic shot i mean the last yeah. time i played gans and i hit three wood and i hit it to about 10 feet and it was massively exhilarating yeah. uh, is, is that the point behind the change that to make it um a heroic event for a golfer yeah, and, and the plan is to bring the, the pandy, the sand waste area that is on the left-hand side and, and and possibly just out of play, but in your eyesight, uh, to bring that across the hole somewhat. So it'll be even more of a heroic shot, to be perfectly honest. But again, we've got to recognise that not everybody can hit it 240 yards. So, so we are going to put those forward tees in place for people who want to play it as a shorter par three. Yeah, that'll be a really good addition. Um, you mentioned the 18th earlier on. So for listeners who've not had the benefit of playing Ganton, 18 is a blind dog leg, uh, and obviously you can you can play as, uh, as you can take off as much of the pandy as you want, I suppose. But there's there's obviously a line on the right. I mean, what's your strategy off the tee? What's the perfect way to play the 18th? <laughs> Um, right, okay. So um, it's a tricky finish in hole, there's no doubt about it. It's all about the placement of the drive and getting the drive uh, with a clear shot to the green for your second shot. Uh, depending on your length, depends on, on how much of the, the, the sand waste pandy area that you take on. Um, the, there's a, a, an indication that over the winter period, we're going to um, bring the pandy all the way across the 18th actually so that you play over it to get to the fairway uh, so all the golfers will walk through a sand waste area on route to the fairway uh, and it'll probably be a sleeper uh, um, pathway to get to the fairway so um, and that'll give everyone a kind of flavor and a memory as they leave the course that they've played in a sandy waste land golf course uh, and I think it'll look quite special that actually and we're looking forward to that but the 18th is it's all about your drive um it's getting it in the right position uh, i can't personally can't run out of fairway there so for me i can hit a driver there i can i don't run out of fairway on the right hand side uh, and and if you hit the, the the prime shot you've still got a good shot into the green to be perfectly honest the green complex itself is is well guarded with bunkers and the green itself has got some fantastic undulation that could really um it, on occasion could make you look silly to be perfectly honest it's a, it's a it's a great finishing hole yeah for the shorter hitter like me um you have that approach where you where you feel like you're hitting through a shoot of trees don't you as you yeah. as you go over the road it's a, it is it is a really really special finish at ganton um there's a there's a lot of cliches in golf about uh, all round golf and uh, this course is brilliant you know from january to december but in ganton's case that really is that really is true. You know, if, if listeners are looking for a course to play off season, um, Ganton is absolutely spectacular, but perfect um, conditions usually all year round. Why do you think it's so good um, 
you know, when when the sun isn't necessarily shining? You know, why is it as uh, just as good in February as it is in July? I think it's purely because of the sand base that we're, we're situated on. Uh, I, I, there's there's nowhere easier as a greenkeeper, I guess, to run to, to manage than Ganton on a, on a wet year. Uh, we can handle as much rain as you throw at us, and and and, and almost thrive on on that. Uh, and and so in winter the course doesn't change too much. It softens a little bit. You don't probably get as much run on the ball. Uh, but uh, the 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 course in winter when other courses in the area with respect might struggle uh, because of the nature of their soil uh, will be open 365 yeah. and we, we, we get people coming every, you know, all the way through the winter period. And if you're really lucky you can hear a fighter jet going overhead as well. Yes, yes that was a fighter jet. Um, we don't let any of our guests go without asking them to pick their top three English golf courses because we are doing uh, our top 100 England list this year at NCG. So if, if you had a trio of special places that you really wanted to go and visit, where would they be, Gary? Well, I, I, I've been lucky enough to play uh, a lot of uh, lovely courses over the years. Um, there's one that I haven't been to that I can't add in the top three because I've not played it, but uh, I, I would love to play, which is uh, Royal St George's. And I think probably would get in the top three if I, if I knew it well. But uh, my top three that I've actually played are, are um, uh, in reverse order. It is, um, I, I love Sunningdale Old. I think it's fantastic. Uh, just the, 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 the history there and the layout and, of the course and the heathers are fantastic. Um, Royal Liverpool, the June complexes are, are superb. The new par three that Martin Ebert's done is, is, is fantastic. Uh, a great sort of postage stamp type hole. Uh, and uh, I, I used to love going to uh, Royal Liverpool and playing on occasion. Uh, but my, my favourite, uh, and I think it will be for many people, is uh, Royal Birkdale. Just the, 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 the space and the layout. It's uh, a very special golf course, I think, and, and uh, one I can play every day. I don't think anyone um, who took that trio together and travelled around the country could have any complaints. What a spectacular selection of golf courses. Um, best of luck, Gary, uh, with Ganton this year and with the continuing uh, renovation project. It sounds really exciting. I, I, I hope I get back there soon to, um, to see the results of what will hopefully happen on 18. Sounds really exciting. So um, all the best, Gary, and thanks for joining us on the NCG Top 100's podcast. Okay, thank you, Stephen. And you can view all of our ranking lists by clicking onto our website, nationalclubgolfer.com, and heading over to the NCG Top 100s banner.